Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Sex Wrap. You're here today with Andrew in Spring, and we're excited to talk to you about your questions about love and sex, relationships, all the stuff that, I don't know, the most fun stuff to talk about in your everyday life. How are you today, Spring? I'm so good. I'm so excited to talk to you as usual. Oh, well, of course, it's all about me. No, um, it's all about our listeners. Yay. Welcome back, everybody. And today, this episode is being released on Halloween, which ah. is super fun. Ooh. What are you doing for Halloween? OMG. If this is Halloween today, uh, this morning I got up really early to go to a dance party on a boat at 6 a.m. And tonight I am teaching a special yoga fun dance flow at Laughing Lotus, which is going to be like in costume, crazy excitedness. I'm so excited. What are you dressing as? Oh, shh, shh, secrets. Secret. <laughs> well, this is being released. On- oh. <laughs> so um, I uh, was asked to go to a gala in Washington, D.C. called the Nightingale Gala. And they told me it was formal dress. I was like, yes, I love to dress. Um, if you look at any of the pictures of me in spring, I'm pretty much always dressed as something, like usually just dressed up a little bit. Um, but they're like, oh, it's formal. So I'm like, fine, I'm, I'm bringing out like blue velvet tuxedos because it's Halloween. I'm going to have like brooches. And instead of a bow tie, I'm going to have like a gem. I don't know, planning to be awesome. And then I looked at pictures of this Nightingale Gala and it's a bunch of people dressed in like normal dresses and suits. And one guy had a kilt. I was like, well, I wear a kilt. No, so that's what I'll be doing this Halloween. This has never stopped you before. I'm not really sure what the problem is here. <laughs> sounds well, like I mean, I'm gonna sounds be... like you're par. Like you way overdressed, and it's amazing. <laughs> yes, of course. I mean, best dressed in the room every day. Uh, but I love Halloween though, and I'm kind of excited I get to be in, uh, in Washington D.C. for it. But it's like for me, Halloween is like a low judgment day, a low judgment holiday where you can act like a kid and you can eat candy and you can dress up and be rambunctious and stick your head in a bucket full of water and try to eat a red delicious apple, which are the worst apples. I mean, I don't disagree on the apple front. Um, I do disagree on the low judgment day, though. I think that. Um, a lot of people like to wear very sexy Halloween outfits. And I well, think that's the only one. Left, I right? think there's quite a lot of judgment in society about um, people's Halloween costume choices and people that choose very, very sexy costumes, I think, um, are stigmatized and uh, often, you know, looked down upon for their choice of wearing a super short, sexy version of a costume. Oh, I thought you were talking about men wearing those costumes, not women. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll just wear a bodysuit. That, that will be my, my night in gala costume. I'll dress down for once. You can call me Green Man. I don't know what that is. She doesn't know what Green Man is. Anyway, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I should have made a Tina Belcher joke because she loves sex and zombies, which is perfect mm, for our episode today. Sex and zombies. That's where we're going today. So <laughs> if there's someone coming at you and they look undead. No. Okay. Um, 
So we have a really good question today, though. Um, it was submitted as part of the 2,000 plus questions we got from Reddit. Um, and it's, how do I teach my friends about sex? Yeah, and I love this question um, because I just had a friend come to me and uh, she wanted to talk to some people about sex and she was asking me for tips. And I think that that's something that we don't really know how to do very well. It's hard enough to just um, talk about sex with a partner or with a best friend. And then if you have some information that you really want to share, how do you best communicate that? And how do you kind of teach other people these things? So I'm super psyched to talk about this today. Yeah, I mean, uh, it seems to me that I'll be out at an event or a party or a club or birthday party for like a one year, all those crazy kind of things. And all of a sudden someone comes up to me and just starts asking me all kinds of random questions about them and their their sex life. And, and most of the time I'm happy to talk about it. But if I'm at like a party or if I'm out, it would, I don't know. So I know how to talk about it. Spring knows how to talk about it. Um, I've actually given the sex talk to almost all of my nieces and nephews because their parents were afraid to give the sex talk to them too. Um, because parents don't know how to talk about sex either. So asking this question is really awesome because um, if you learn how to talk about sex with your friends, you actually learn how to talk about sex with everybody. And I'm sure you've noticed if you've listened to many of our previous episodes, there's this ongoing theme where the big are, are the ways to solve most of these big issues are to talk yeah. about them. Yeah. So um, I think it would be nice to talk a little bit first about like formal sex ed and about kind of how some of the um, sex ed curricula have traditionally been pitched and some of the problems with that. Yeah. So if we look at sex ed overall in the United States, especially, it's in a pretty terrible state. Um, a whole bunch of states actually don't even require that sex ed be scientifically accurate or medically accurate, so people can just say whatever they want. Um, a lot of times there's no sex ed whatsoever. And the sad thing is, no sex ed is actually better for your long-term sexual health than abstinence-only education. Abstinence-only education is that kind of sex ed where they say, just don't have sex, don't have sex until you're married, sex is terrible, you'll be used up if you have sex, like all kinds of negative messages about women needing to be protected and men, and, boys and will be boys. Of, and a lot of fear-based messaging where it's saying, if you do have sex, you only bad things are going to happen to you. And... And so one of these real problems is when we try to convince people to do or not do things out of fear, um, that's not an effective way to teach somebody. Because first of all, we know that people want to have sex. They want to. It's a natural, normal part of life. So trying to scare that out of them doesn't actually teach them any tools to um, understand any potential risk and benefits and then how to weigh them and how to make healthy decisions for themselves. Well, right. And, and if the whole curriculum is just trying to freak you out and scare you about STIs and pregnancy, your dick will rot off. Um, you'll get pregnant and you'll die. Uh, what happens is that one of your friends or someone that you know has sex and they're fine right? Like nothing bad happened to them and you hear about it. And then instantly all of those messages in that sex ed class, the abstinence, I don't want to call it sex ed, abstinence only class, completely go away and mean nothing to you, right? Because you can prove in your day-to-day -day life with someone close to you that you got bad information. So you immediately say, this is not worth it. And that's what fear-based messaging does. Like, well, well, another thing that fear-based messaging does, so even if you have um, 
really good quality information, but you present it in this scary way, what happens is that people's emotions get riled up and they get very anxious and nervous listening to that information. And they can't actually process the information they're being told. So it actually interferes with their ability to understand the information that you're providing. So even if you're giving really great info, but you present it in a scary way or kind of make these threatening things seem so threatening and so scary. Ooh, it's Halloween. Um, (laughs) That actually means that people... um, they lose the ability to process what you're talking about. So there are several reasons that we don't want to use uh, fear when we're talking about anything um, that we want people to learn, but specifically sex in this case. I think it's important to note that uh, if you choose to be abstinent and it works for you, that's great. That's the end of our conversation about abstinence. There's not much to say about it otherwise. And we know that the vast majority 90% plus of people in the United States are having sex before marriage. So we know that abstinence only until marriage is just a ridiculous, false kind of education. And you're better off not having any sex ed at all. Because fear doesn't work. And you're going to make questionable choices. Well, you're going to make uninformed choices. That's the thing. Uh, that, that's a better way to frame it. Uninformed choices. Because you've been taught ignorance. Yay. Ugh. So we have some don'ts, right? <laughs> Great. We nailed that down. Uh, don't use fear. Don't try to scare people into doing or not doing things. But um, what are some of the things we want to do um, when we're talking about sex? I think it's really cool uh, to, to to talk about, really cool, who am I? Um, really cool to talk about sex with your friends um, because it's something that they wanna talk about. Um, and you can be really sex positive, right? You can be inclusive, you can be encouraging. Um, there's lots of things that you can do to be that kind of friend where people will come to for good information, being inclusive, being engaging, um, being accepting. Um, whenever we start looking at research overall, we know that uh, peers, Friends are the most trusted source of sex ed, right? So you trust them more than television, more than the Kardashians, more than your high school teachers, more than your college teachers. Sorry, Spring. Um, you trust your friends. Um, so you can be that, that, that good friend with good information. Um, and if you have it and if you have good resources and you talk about it with your friends, you're going to help them make better choices, safer choices. Yeah. And so... Yes. Talk, talk, talk. That's what we always say. I know that's always our recommendation. Um, And really thinking about the ways that you are having these conversations with people. Um, So if you listen to our podcast, you know how important it is to be inclusive and to talk about the diversity of different types of sexual activities, of different types of um, sexual behaviors that people engage in, different orientations and gender identities, and to be very affirming of all of these things as well and not being dismissive and saying, oh yeah, these exist also, but really including the diversity of sex when you're talking about sex. I I think we should probably do an episode in the near future of trying to define what sex actually is too. Like we, we should, because when Spring says diversity of sex, 
I mean, what does that actually mean? Kissing, touching, talking, like intercourse, not intercourse. I think there's a lot. I mean, that's such a broad topic. And I think diversity of sex is a really nice way to kind of start that conversation. It's all of these different things. Yeah. And so when you're being super affirming and diverse and inclusive when you're talking, it makes everybody feel more comfortable and able to engage in conversation and um it allows people to ask more questions and to actually further any discussions and education that you're doing. I mean, right. So we talk so much about how sex is shamed. There's all of the stigma surrounding sex, the sex that uh, sex that people haven't even had yet, right? There's all of the anxiety and guilt and stress and shame and stigma. Um, and one of the really cool things about being a friend who's a good sex educator who's informed um, is that you start breaking down all of that negativity and replacing it with good information and positivity. Yeah. And I also think that um, we want to talk a little bit about some of the specific things that you can talk about, right? Yeah. So uh, this is one of those episodes where we saw the question at the last second. We're like, oh, God, we want to talk about this. So let's do it. Um, So I just kind of stream of consciousness wrote down a whole bunch of things that I wish I would have talked or that I would have liked to have more conversations about. Um, that I think are important, things like consent and what does that actually mean and what is coercion and what does that actually mean? I don't know. What kind of topics do you think are most important? I thought, I mean, consent jumped to the top of my list along with lube. Um, lube, lube is really important too. <laughs> One of yeah. our first episodes. Yeah, no, I think that... Um, Understanding consent is one of the main topics we need to keep talking about and understanding how um, people interpret consent and the various ways that people um, might think about addressing consent and how to make it more, I want to say accessible, kind of more, um, more, easy to do in their everyday sexual activities um, and how to incorporate it and how to um, make it not seem so scary, but just kind of that same destigmatizing and normalizing of that conversation. I started talking about consent with my, I have little nieces and nephews, like four or five and six years old, where like their parents will try to force them to give me a hug or a kiss. And I'm like, hold up wait, do you want to do this? And if you do, I would love to hug you, but only if you want to. I mean, the, if you start talking about consent early with your friends around you, it's it's a pretty easy concept. If someone does not want to touch you or have sex with you, don't. And if you think you can convince somebody to have sex with you, don't, right? Like if you have to coerce or beg or ask or plead. Um, there's a really cool little video about drinking tea and uh, having tea. We'll, we'll post it as part of the comments for this show so you can look at it, but it's a really simple way for you to look at consent. Um, this is a big, we talk about consent a lot, but it's an important thing that I think that if you talk about it with your friends, it makes a lot of sense and it makes sex a whole lot easier and destigmatizes it too. Yeah. So, I mean, thinking about um, if you are just thinking that you've been listening to a lot of episodes and you want to start to have more conversations with your friends, like think about what are some of the topics that you've heard us talk about that you think are important that you want to share and, um, and 
yeah, we'll give you some tools to talk about consent. But um, I think there's a lot of other great topics that we've covered that you might want to share with people and talking about sharing your sexual histories or talking about how to um, go get tested or get tested together and the importance of that. Um, or thinking about destigmatizing some of uh, the specific STIs that have a lot of stigma around them. Um, all of these things are great conversations to be having and to um, start to really uh, fuel change, I think, in our society. Um, and something that we haven't mentioned uh, is birth control and birth control options and condoms. And if you just start talking about whether you can use condoms or hormonal birth control or implants or uh, female condoms, milk, there's just tons of options out there. And most of the time, people, if they're educated, only hear about one or two of them. Um, and if you start talking about all those options with your friends, you can find something that keeps you safe and that you actually enjoy. Like you can do both of those things at the same time if you start talking about something like birth control condoms anyway, or birth control condoms, et cetera. Uh, yeah. So I think that, um, I mean, I would also say use our podcast to talk to people, right? Like we have um, episodes talking about a lot of these things. And so always looking for um, other reliable tools to help you have conversations is a great idea. So you can do things like listen to an episode uh, together and then have a conversation about it. Or um, if there's other quality sex ed materials that you like, you can incorporate those into conversations and to looking at them and discussing them together. Um, so like you don't always have to start from scratch. You don't have to reinvent the wheel every time you go to have one of these conversations. You can look to these trusted places and um, and bring in some of those things into your discussions. Because talking about sex and wanting to know more about sex is completely normal, um, and it can be a lot of fun, right? Like the sex is fun to talk about. It's if you're engaging in it already, it can be really fun to do. Um, and it's completely normal to be interested and engaged in this, this fun conversation, fun topic. Um, so, uh, keep talking about sex, everybody. I will. I'm not going to stop. <laughs> Spring and I, I'm going to put a little sex joke into a little talk I'm doing in a couple days that people are going to be unexpected, <laughs> that people are not going to be expecting. But more, the more sex talk, the better. Yeah. So, uh, and I mean, we talked about uh, fear and scary things in our Halloween episode. But also, I think um, I want to say, don't be afraid when you're the one actually going to talk about this. Um, people do really want to hear information and talk about sex. And so um, there's no need to be nervous because uh, I think that everyone wants to hear it. Yep. We all want to talk about sex. We all like to, it's, it's, and it's healthy too, right? And we have a ton of episodes where we started out with a little joke like, okay, here's our question, answer, communication. Okay, goodbye. Um, it's the ongoing joke because it's pretty much the best thing that you can do to improve you, your, you and your sex life and the sex lives for all of the people around you. So, yeah. So why, so you can be the friend who helps everyone else have better sex. And in that process, you'll probably have better sex too. Yeah. <laughs> all okay. right. Are, are we at the period? We're at the period. What's the period today, Spring? 
I have a zombie joke for you because it's Halloween. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Is this a classic um, spring dead joke? A zombie dead yeah. joke? I like how your eyes just went dead inside like a zombie. That's great. That's a great little trick you did. Okay, here's the joke. Why do zombies only date intelligent women? They like a woman. No, 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 no. I got it. <laughs> they like a woman with brains. I was going to say something about like uh, banging the brains out or something like that. So I was going to turn it into a sex joke, but yours was much more dad. So. Brains. Let me hear oh. you. Let me hear you do your zombie brains. Oh my god, that was scary. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks. I'm, te- I'm terrifying. terrifying. Okay. Um, so, uh, thanks for listening to us, every. Uh, thanks to. Oh my god, I can't even talk anymore. Uh, thanks for listening to us today, everybody. Um, we'd love to hear your questions. Uh, we'd love for you to uh, chat with us. Uh, you can find us on uh, social media. We're at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the Sex Rap. You can email us. We're the Sex Rap at gmail.com. Um, and we have a phone number. It's 413. Uh, I wrap it. W-R-A-P. With a W. So uh, thanks for listening today, everybody. Have a good one. Happy Halloween. Wrap it. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too... Music for this episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe.